Good morning. Good morning. It's Iggy. How are y'all doing today? It is Saturday, June 26th, 2021. And today we are talking about suicide, suicide prevention, and attempted suicide. Um, this is for anybody who has had to deal with these things in a loved one, uh, a friend, anybody, anybody you consider a loved one. Um, so um, I'm talking to my Native Americans here, all my Nijis and my Nijiques. Put your ears on. First of all, let me open with a moment of silence for those who suffer in silence. Miigwech. So my name is Makuts. Um, I am from the Leech Lake Reservation, Cha Cha Bani. Uh, my band is Pillager. Um, <clears throat> I am 42 summers old. And when I was a young mother of two children, I attempted suicide. And it wasn't really serious. Now that I think about it, um, it was more of a, I don't know what to do, you know, and I popped all these pills and it was just ridiculous that I did so, even as I thought about it, even as I was in the motion, but uh, home life, home life was hectic and I was far away from my birthplace and I was lonesome. And I didn't, couldn't connect with anybody because being part Native American and part Chicano in either world, you, it's very hard to connect with anybody. Uh, and amongst other things, you know. So anyways, um, I was looking around today um, at some, uh, what do they call them? resources uh, as we like to call them um, and I came across um, let me see what is this one called it's called the suicide prevention resource center and it's suicidal thoughts and suicide attempt or attempts um, here they have a prevention lifeline a suicide prevention lifeline that's 1-800-273-8255 for anybody who feels like they can't reach out to family. And I feel fucked up for um, even trying to give you guys like links and resources, knowing that, um, knowing the situation economically on the reservations, you know? Uh, and it tears me apart 
you know, I can give you this link to this resource or I can give you this phone number to this resource. But if you don't have a phone or a computer or a web access, then then how the fuck you going to reach out? You know? So, um, my daughter attempted suicide twice within the last three months, I believe. I have not been able to talk to her. Like, like, I don't know how to ask her why. Um, I don't know how to ask her to open up to me. Uh, my lover committed suicide about a year ago. It would be a year ago at the beginning of June. So he committed suicide. He hung himself on a tree. Not only was he my lover, but he was my friend, longtime friend. Uh, you know, he was from the same hometown. And um, ultimately drinking and drinking and drugs uh, got him ill physically. And his, his, uh, he ended it early. He didn't want to feel himself die, I guess, so slowly, even though he had been killing himself slowly for the last, what, how old was he? 52 for the last 40 years <laughs> that man was drinking alcohol and doing drugs from the time he was able to I guess I don't know anyhow moving on it's no laughing matter but I do have to laugh at it because um with every gotta take a grain of salt with with every fucking thing that comes to life and I guess laughter should be the best salt you know it should be some of that uh that pink salt <laughs> That Himalayan rock salt. <laughs> that's that's the green salt I take it with. Oh dear. But anyways, so let's see. I'm gonna be reading off of this. Um, I'm gonna be reading off of this uh, page that I found for us today. Uh, that Suicide Prevention Resource Center, and um, on my page. I want to go through this like the way I'm doing it now as if we are together <laughs> as if we are together live and in person checking shit out okay so here it has a diagram like a little try like like a pyramid a pyramid diagram so to speak and uh so at the top of the pyramid it's a blue pyramid it goes from uh black to light blue from top to bottom so here it says um suicide deaths 48,344 includes adult and youth. That's the top of the that's the top of the pyramid. Okay, so for 18 plus it's 443,000 adults hospitalized overnight or longer for suicide attempt. Mm. And then 717,000 adults receive medical attention for suicide attempt. And as a self-report, 1,400, no, 1,442,000 adults reported suicide attempts. Now, I don't know how old this information is, um, but it's up there now. Let me see. It says the source was from the CDC 2020 and the SAMHSA 2019. So many more people attempt suicide than die by suicide. And I'm part of that number. 
like I said, I was, uh, I was feeling as if, uh, like, fuck it, man. <laughs> Who knows what I was feeling? It was so long ago when I tried it. And it was such a fucking, it was such a feeble attempt. You know what I mean? I was trying to like, I don't know what the fuck I was trying to do, but I didn't even want to die. I was just like, man, you know what? You hate me that much. Let me see. I guess maybe now that I talk about it, maybe it was that. But anyways, um, moving on. Okay, so let me see. Suicide Prevention Resource Center. Spick. Serio? Spurk, not spick. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> we in the past year, suicidal thoughts, plans, and attempts among adults 18 years of age and older in the United States. Okay, this is a 2018 report. So I'm kind of reading off some old shit here. But it was updated uh is the same okay so let's see uh oh wow okay so they got a lot of graphs here on this thing and that's cool because we're not you know can't wow okay so dig this um you know it's just a resource center so i'm not i can't get too mad that it's not perfect okay so in the past year and this is in the united states in 2017 among high school youth by sex Okay, so, uh, seriously considered suicide, um, a little over 10% in males, and wow, man, in females, it's over 20% that seriously considered it. Those who made a plan, um, it was about 9% in, uh, young high school males, and about 15%, in the female aspect now this is in america i mean you know i had this is in america like in america not native america and in native america um the reported rates range from zero to 150 per 100,000 members of the population now i really honestly don't know if uh we as Native America, Native Americans number in the hundreds of thousands. I really don't know how many of us are left. And I hate to think that there's less than 100,000 Native Americans in the United States. 100,000 Native Americans in a population of how many millions or billions of people in the United States. That's fucking sad right there. So anyways, um, so it says... Reported rates range from 0 to 150 per 100,000 members of the population for different groups. Native American men are more likely to commit suicide than Native American women, but Native American women show a higher prevalence of suicidal behaviors. <clears throat> so prevalence, huh? Okay, hang on. Let me find us, let me find us a definition of the word prevalence. Give me a second to look this shit up. So, man, don't I have like a dictionary in here? Prevalence. Okie dokie. So prevalence is the number. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before I go on. Uh, 
Okay, so prevalent. Okay, so it says, how do you define prevalence? Prevalence is sometimes referred to prevalence rate. It's the proportion of persons in a population who have a particular disease or attribute at a specified point in time over a, speci a specified period of time. That doesn't... Okay, let me see some examples. Oops, what did I do? Okay, so I should have really just got my dictionary. Okay, so it says the prevalence of type 2 diabetes. Okay, anyways, fuck that. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Let me get out of here. Okay, so... The suicide rate on the Indian reservations. Okay, so... National American Indian and, let me see, the NICOA, uh, the U.S. suicide rate is up 33% since 1999, but for American Indian and Alaskan Native women and men, the increase is even greater. 139% and 71% respectively, according to an analysis from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention's National Care for Health Statistics. Uh, again, it goes, Native communities experience higher rates of suicide compared to all other race or ethnic groups. And they say this, I believe, because our, our numbers as Native Americans is so small in comparison to other races that live in the United States that our numbers will always be higher because our population as people, as a race, as a nation is smaller than any other group in the United States. I don't give a fuck if they say this race is the minority, this race is the minority, or this race is the minority. In all truth, uh, Native Americans are a minority solely based on the numbers that we hold as a people. <sighs> you know, we... <laughs> yeah, so... And I hate... Uh, I laugh more out of... <laughs> out of exasperation than anything. Um, because, you know... Um, I'm not angry, but I am saddened that uh, the large protesters and all of that, um, everybody's protesting for a change, right? But everybody's protesting as one race, as individual races, which is just bullshit. Bullshit, man. Moving on. Um, so, compared to all other racial and ethnic groups in the United States, with suicide being the eighth leading cause of death for American Indians and Alaskan Natives across all ages. For Native youth ages 10 to 24, suicide is the second leading cause of death. That's the second leading cause of death for our children ages 10 to 24. Who in the world at 10 years old decides to commit suicide and why? I can, I can, I, I see why, and I don't live on the reservation. 
You know what I mean? From an outsider's, from an outsider looking in, I can see why Native American youth at the age of 10 would, con would consider and commit suicide. It's a sad, it's a terrible thing. And I don't want to be the naysayer. I don't want to be the devil's advocate and be like, hey, man, it's, it's what, uh, it's the manifest destiny working. <laughs> it's their manifest destiny taking, taking its due course. You know, I hate that shit. Um, but we as a people, I myself included, because my daughter, who lives on the Native American reservation, <sighs> committed suicide. Not committed suicide, she attempted suicide. And that was a wake-up call for me. Um, and not even a wake-up call. It jostled me. It, it stirred feelings. It um, revived. It revived memories that, that I had had suppressed for so long. And, um, and even though I was already on the road to changing my life, this kind of like gave me like an extra push, like, like, you know how the wave comes and then another wave comes? That's the way I felt, like, like this big old fucking wave just came over me and I decided to change my life. And then here comes my daughter's attempted suicide and it was like, nope, and pushed me back down under the water. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like I was coming up for air and it was like sploosh and it just pushed me back down, <laughs> you know? Wasn't able to get my head above water because that big wave pushed me down with all its strength. <laughs> Okay, so the Native American youth suicide rate is 2.5 times higher than the overall national average, making these rates the highest across all ethnic and racial groups. And again, that is because our numbers are so small. We are, so, we are such a small group in this United States, you know, and it's kind of sad. It's very sad. <laughs> I am in a negative space. <laughs> I'm in a negative space. I keep having these negative thoughts run through my head like. Um, okay, so let me, <laughs> let me clarify why I keep kind of laughing. Um, you know, the discovery of the mass graves of Native American children, excuse me, of Canadian, Canadian Indians. Um, at the Catholic boarding schools, uh, the mass grave that they found with all of them, 215 children. Uh, it, it, um, I have to think along the lines of the Bible. You know what I mean? I have to think along the lines, of, like I'm thinking along the lines of the Bible. Like I hear shit, you know. <laughs> I hear stuff and right away and it comes out sarcastically almost like fuck that bible <laughs> you know what I mean fuck that book you know that black book didn't books didn't even <laughs> didn't even exist in before Columbus and all of the pilgrims came from you know them fools were running from oppressors and they came and they oppressed us sons of bitches with they bible and shit <laughs> anyways I'm sorry so that is why I'm like in a really negative I'm in a negative fucking mood about this shit. So anyways, let me see. So, um, what did I say that? 
Anyways, I lost my train of thought, but there was a, there was a, there was a Bible verse that ran through my head just then, and I hate that. Uh, oh yeah, okay. So, um, speaking on the the Catholic schools, and as um, I wasn't raised Catholic. Uh, my grandmother wasn't devout Catholic. Not the way. Not the way my aunties and my uncles and my cousins are. Boy, I tell you, them, them are devout Catholics. And I respect that because they are not the ones that hurt my Native American ancestors. They are not the ones who used um, the words of the Bible, who distorted the words of the Bible, who, who misconstrued the teachings of the Bible. You know, um, damn. It's a terrible thing when you look at it from an outsider's perspective. But, and, and I'm trying not to be ignorant, you know what I mean? Like, I can't just be, but I do remember being the only Native, not the only, I was one of three Native American children inside an all Chicano school. And there was a handful of white people, and I think there was like one Mexican black uh, he was part Mexican and part black, and um, and he spoke Spanish, um, you know, and was there any other black kids there? No, there was no black children in our school, just, just Pelon, you know. So uh, when I think about it like that, I got teased, and mainly from, like, uh, my cousin. My cousin was always teasing me. Well, he was a little fat boy. But he could kiss my ass. Because <laughs> his kids are fat, too. <laughs> just kidding. So anyways. Um, and his girlfriend left him. Or whatever. <laughs> so, But yeah, I could remember being the only Native American in my classroom. And, um, and on top of it, my mama wasn't around. So I had like two strikes against me. <laughs> and fuck that. Because I ain't going to get into that. So anyways, moving on. Um. So it says here, American, oh, you ever hear that saying, and it's in the Bible, that which you have done to the least of these, so you have done to me. I would love to use that. I love to use that against that spirit of uh, hate. You know what I mean? Like, they come with the Bible saying, kill the heathen, save the man. They had no idea what the fuck a heathen was. You know what I mean? Them white people that came around, that was running, them perverts that fucking impregnated little girls and raped little men, little, little, little boys in the Catholic schools and said it was for God and country or whatever the fuck. You know, I'm angry too, guys. I'm angry too. I'm pissed off. At how blind and ignorant people are to their very history of their own country, man. And then them other ones, woohoo, them extremists, boy. Ah, that's terrible. Anyhow, American Indian and Alaskan Native women experience higher levels, and this is coming off of that same page um, from the NICOA, National Indian Council on aging ink okay 
when you get older, you guys can come over here and check it out. <laughs> I wonder. Okay, so National American, a National Indian Council on Aging. And that's weird. I wonder if it did. Okay, so then American Indian and Alaskan Native women experience higher levels of violence than any other women in the U.S. And nearly 84% of these women experience uh, violence in their lifetime. You know what? It's funny that they say like 84% experience this. I don't don't think that number is correct, man. Um, If you have lived where I lived, (laughs) you know, um, you will know for sure that probably the majority of women, and I I would say 100%, of the women on Native American reservations have felt some sort of violence, you know. So in a 2016 report from the National Institute of Justice, that's where that was coming from. Okay, so then it says, according to the National Sexual Violence Resource Center, American Indian and Alaskan Natives also experience PTSD more than twice as often as the general population. Of course we do. And it's not because we have had a wartime traumatic experience. It is because our, we have learned, it is a learned uh, behavior. It is a learned behavior, just like sexual abuse is a learned behavior. Uh, Verbal abuse is a learned behavior. Because why we as children, we live what we learn, or we learn what we live, más bien, we learn what we live. So say you and I are brothers and sisters and mom and dad are drinking and constantly fighting and uncle comes in and touches on us and he ain't even our uncle. But since everybody calls everybody uncle and auntie, it gives them that it gives that pervert. uh, It gives them a doorway to enter in. You know what I mean? So anyways, you get these. You get this learned trauma behavior. It's, it's learned. You know what I mean? Okay, so say the survivors of the Catholic schools, the survivors of the residential Catholic schools, which they took the children and forced them in to learn the Bible and to learn the way of the American white. Um that is traumatizing so say great grandma come back from the residential boarding school of the native american children or the catholic jesuits or whoever it was that put them up there in the first fucking place um and father father pervy and sister sicko decide to fucking have you in have you uh play sexual positions with one or the other or maybe even a friend you know there was some perverted shit going on in them fucking places man and it needs to be addressed i'm sorry if i'm getting a little too no i'm not sorry it needs to be said and i know you guys feel me so anyways grandma comes back grandpa comes back and and he no longer knows how to fish knows how no longer how to hunt with his bow he no longer knows how to set a trap or a or a line 
he only knows what they teach him at the boarding school and what they did to him at the boarding school or to her at the boarding school and they they reenact it they reenact it there as they grow on the reservation and so it is passed down the trauma that he experienced or that she experienced in those boarding schools the catholic boarding schools for native american children that perversion that sickness that uh deviation of humanity um comes with them and before you know it he passes it or she passes it on and before you know it our minds our hearts our thoughts are jumbled and on top of it we're angry and acting out and so that's how that's how uh learned behaviors happen that's how the learned ptsd happens it's because it is passed down from generation to generation just like uh just like um like diabetes or and that too is also something that came along with them in their bread you know it's kind of like cancer it's a cancer it is passed down from one generation to the next and maybe it might skip a generation but this type of cancer is not isn't going to skip no generation unless you and I do something about it <clears throat> excuse me so i always think about that when i when i hear about the when i think about the trauma and the shit that happened to my great great grandmother or my grandmother because my grandmother my mom's mom was a survivor of the catholic boarding school and she told me of one experience i guess that kept in her mind but um and it wasn't it wasn't trauma it, it, it was it was traumatic for her as a child because how old was she when she went to that boarding school and did her own parents send her off because they were at the boarding school like you know what i mean if god i hate this and so so moving on okay so um blah, blah, blah. research shows more than a third of women who have been raped have contemplated suicide and 13 percent have attempted you know i even hate reading these things <laughs> i even hate reading these things because it just get it just seems to make me mad um Okay, so here's something cool. It says, in a partnership with the National Council of Urban Indian Health, the Action Alliance's American Indian Alaskan Native Task Force put forward a resolution passed by the National Congress of American Indians in 2015. Oh, man, this is some old stuff. I couldn't find anything better. Um, actually, let me go back to the CDC watch. Um... Yo, okay, so did this in USA Today, um, 20, okay, so this is 6-21-2019, suicide rate for Native American women up, up 139%. Como chingados, I don't understand how they work those numbers. 
I suppose if I were to work the numbers, I'd figure it out. But And I'm not going to read from there. So, so with all of this stuff going on, and with all of this information that we have, like I said, I feel like a shit because I'm going to give you this and it's really can't, you know, like it really, if, if somebody can't get to a phone, if somebody can't get to a computer during their time of crisis, it ain't going to happen. You know, it isn't going to happen. Um, let me see if I can find the CDC. Okay. So fast facts from the CDC. Okay. Uh, suicide prevention. <clears throat> okay, so it says suicide is a leading cause of death, and I believe that's overall because I'm no longer talking about mm, just Native Americans, right? It says, uh, <clears throat> Okay, so risks and protective factors. Okay, a combination of situations could lead somebody to consider suicide. Risk factors increase the possibility of suicide, but they might not be a direct cause. Mm -hmm. So a risk factor in an individual, uh, a previous suicide attempt, um, mental illness like depression, social isolation, Social isolation, man. If you don't have nobody to talk to, yeah, see, because, and that's what I'm saying when that I feel like a shit that I can give you these resources. But if you're way the fuck back on the res where there's no fucking water, no fucking power lines, wherever you are on a reservation where the resources are little to none except for the natural resources that you have around you, how the fuck are you going to get to some place that's going to keep you from committing suicide? You know, how the fuck are you going to get to a phone? You know, and this is where our people are at a loss. And this is where I fucking have to throw that biblical thing out there. That which you have done to the least of these, so you have done to me. And supposedly that is a direct quote from Jesus. <sighs> you know, so them motherfuckers come in here and fucking rape and pillage our women and our children and fucking do whatever it was that they did to them on the boarding schools. The man, they was doing that to Jesus himself, and I hope they fucking know that. <laughs> if that's the way they believe, if they love their Jesus so much, then they need to fucking hold their clergymen and their higher-ups and their spiritual leaders, their religious leaders, they need to hold them in accountability. Because it looks to me that the church is the only thing that is never held accountable. For anything that they do. Child perverts get held accountable. Rapists get held accountable. Murderers get held accountable. Police, people in political offices get held accountable. But the motherfuckers that are in the church preaching Jesus and God, them motherfuckers never get held accountable for a single fucking thing that they do. And yet we give money to them sons of bitches so why that they can give to the poor. You sick fucks. I'm so angry. Like, y'all don't even know. Anyways, moving on. Criminal problems, financial problems, impulsive or aggressive tendencies, job problems or loss. Job problems is the number one thing. Do you realize that my child who lives... Okay, 
I remember driving from Thief River Falls to Panema, and that is a 94-mile trip one way. My daughter goes to work in Thief River Falls every day, and she rides the fucking shuttle. 94 miles one way to get to work and back. Now, as regular Americans who commute, would you be able to commute a 94-mile fucking commute to work one way for a job that pays eight fifty an hour? You know, one way. So if what is it? What's 94 and 94 is, let's see, that's 8, 9 and 9, that's 18. That's, that's almost a 200-mile round trip every fucking day to earn a paycheck. That has got to be, that has got to take a toll on your body, your mind. Job equality in this country only happens if you are in an urban area. It doesn't happen if you're way back in the swamp, man. It doesn't happen if you're way back in the lake or way back on the woods. You know what I mean? That is another thing that will cause somebody to die because why? Your babies want, your babies need shoes. Your babies need milk. And then another thing, how far is it to the fucking Walmart on the fucking Indian reservation? How far is it from the res to the fucking Walmart? Is there even a Walmart or is it a mom and pop shop that has jacked up prices just because gas has gone up and they have to pay more so that they can get their groceries to their store so that they can make a living as well. Uh, so we have all of these factors that tie in to our plight. And not just as Native Americans, but poverty, people who are at a disadvantage uh, Geologically, financially, all of these things, legal problems, serious illnesses, substance abuse disorder. Oh, yeah, but that shit can come onto the fucking reservation, huh? That shit can come out there, huh? All them drugs, that fentanyl, that gator, all of that bullshit, fucking bullshit shit come up onto the res. But a job, but a job can't be put up on a res. They can't put a motherfucking McDonald's on the res. Why? I don't know. Moving on. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I'm just I I am passionate about this, man. I see our struggles as Native Americans, man. And I see we still are being ignored as Native Americans. <laughs> it's all black and white, man. If you ain't black, if you ain't white, it don't matter. So, adverse childhood experiences such as abuse and neglect, okay? Now, this is where I feel that myself as, uh, as a mother, uh, as a sister, as an auntie, as a teacher, I feel that we need to reach our youngest children before, before they get the taste of the bitterness that that life can serve, you know, before they get a taste of that harsh reality, you know what I mean, because they already are living as a harsh reality, man, they're born to an alcoholic mother, they were born drunk, they were born addicted, you know what I mean, um, and then on top of it, they got to go home 
and live it as an infant, you know, in there. And, and I remember this. I remember this. I remember, I remember this. I remember taking care of my, my youngest, my youngest of my sister brothers that were left with me because I was the one in the family that didn't drink. I remember taking care of 20 little children at one time. Babies from two months old to children as old as 12 and 13 years old. At once, on any given night, that, that if anybody was partying, oh man, leave the kids with Nas, she don't drink. Hey man, bring them over here, it's fine. Our feeble attempt to keep our children away from the destruction that alcohol causes. But at least we did it. But at least we did it, right? And at least now we have come to our senses and we are making changes and positive changes, regardless of how small they are. So the adverse childhood experiences such as bullying, family history of suicide, relationship problems such as breakup, violence or loss, and sexual violence. So over here, the adverse childhood experience It says, and this is from the cdc.gov violence prevention, okay? Um, so it says here, adverse childhood experiences have a tremendous impact on future violence victimization and prepper, prep, perpetration, per Picturation. I'm going to have to look that one up. <laughs> a lifelong health and opportunity working together. We can help create neighborhoods and communities in a world in which every child can thrive. And that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is the key to us changing our futures. And they have been telling this to us since we were children, that we are the future. You know, I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. You know the song. <laughs> you know the song. We all sing it. Shoot, you know. And so, so learn more about all of this shit. Because why? It is good for us as elders. It is good for us as elders. Even if you're a drunken elder, man. <laughs> if you're a drunken elder, you still can instill a hope in a child. Just by simply saying, baby, don't be like me. This shit is no good. Take it from the horse's mouth. Take it from somebody who knows. You think that just because you're drunk and addicted that you cannot have an impact on a child's life? Yes, you can. You can have an impact on a child's life negatively and positively regardless of how you are or what you used to be like. Because why ch children crave that attention, especially in a world that doesn't pay attention to children, you know? So, and that's for us as elders, you know? Um, you can learn more about preventing adverse childhood experiences in your community by assuring safe, stable, nurturing relationship and environments. Um, and... Hey, whenever you get the opportunity that a child approaches you, and that is a beautiful thing, when a child approaches you with a question, that child is honoring you as an elder. 
you know what I mean? And, and sure, you can approach that little child, you know, and be like, how you doing, kid? You know, what are you doing, buddy? You know, that beautiful interaction between an elder and a child. And it is detrimental to a child's development, especially in that first precious three or four years of life. Because according to statistics and all of the stuff that people do nowadays to learn about the human condition, the first three or four years of life is the most precious and the most learning you know what I mean? It's when you and I, as you and I, learned everything we were going to learn in, in our life during that time. Like, in those four years, determined how or who I was going to be. And I can get into that, but it is a big, it is a big, a big subject right there, you know, about culture and DNA. <laughs> culture and DNA. Yes, ma'am. It is interesting, to say the least. Okay, so moving on. I've been talking about 45 minutes here. I'm going to keep on talking, though, because my... Um, because my heart is telling me to do so. <laughs> I'm just looking for some more stuff, because like I said, I'm going to read off of this page just because... Um, as you and I were here together in real life, in real time. So sexual violence. Okay, sex trafficking. Now, sex trafficking, I'm going to touch on sex trafficking because that relates to us as Native Americans. That we have been dealing with that for quite a long time. And you know what? It's fucked up, and I hate to say this, but the situation that is going on on the reservations makes sex trafficking look like a fucking walk in the park, doesn't it? <laughs> like, I remember I went to... I had gone to Redby uh, as a visitor to the... Um, what is it? To the center. There was a, uh, At the Redby Center, there was doing... A, this thing on sex trafficking awareness, right? And they showed they showed a clip of this little girl who had been rescued from sex trafficking and she was telling people what it was like. And I thought, you know what? That is a temptation for a native child who only knows the devastation of the reservation. Who only knows the violence of the reservation. They say, shit, man, that man's gonna give me what so I could do what? Hey, moth, so-and-so does that to me, and then he beats me up afterwards. Shit, if this dude's going to give me a present for doing the same shit that that dude does to me, it almost looks like a way out. It almost looks like a fucking way out. You know what I mean? And on top of it, sex work, prostitution, prostitution is what it is. Okay, let's just call it what it is. Prostitution is the world's oldest profession. Mary Magdalene was Jesus's whore, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's out of hand. But Mary Magdalene, who was Jesus's friend, well, she was a prostitute. That's why Jesus saved her, because she was getting stoned to death by the Pharisees, because she was a whore, because she was a prostitute, right? So, like I said, um, prostitution is in the Bible. Sex trafficking, 
sex slaves. Hey, man, slavery is nothing new to the world either. Slavery is nothing new to the world, man. It's nothing new. The only reason it seems so magnified is because they put a Bible twist on it. You know what I mean? Or they put, you know, they, they, they had to throw God in there somehow as if it was God's fucking will that one man fucking overpower the next man by sodomizing him. You know what I mean? That shit too, that sodomy and shit like that, that was a slave runner's, that was the way they used to make the slaves that was dominance. It was a thing of dominance. You know what I mean? They would sodomize the male slaves just so that they would know that they're, that they're going to get it if they don't behave. Seriously. Uh, it's a sad thing to say. And it's a sad truth about our wonderful nation. It is a sad truth about this nation that we live in. That it, ha- it has such perverse and... It, it it has such a perverse fucking history, man, that that it almost makes you disgusted to be a part of this nation, you know? And, like, fuck, you guys did this to how many other races? Are you going to call ourselves the fucking United States of America when America is a Spanish name? What? You guys are fucked up. <laughs> Moving on. Um... So, all right, so let's say sex trafficking. Okay, so here's the prevention. Let's see. Sex trafficking. Okay. Did you happened? Coronavirus. What the hell happened to my thing, man? Go back. Okay, so sex trafficking. Here it says, sex trafficking is a type of human trafficking. It's slavery. I don't know why the fuck they call it trafficking. We're not drugs. (laughs) Although I do have some pretty good loving that it might be considered a drug. Hey, I joke. So anyways, okay, so sex trafficking is a type of human trafficking and is a form of modern day slavery. Just call it what it is, man. It's fucking slavery. It is a serious public health problem that negatively affects the well-being of individuals, families, and communities. You know, have you ever thought about the children that you used to see on the back of milk cartons when you were a kid? Whatever happened to them? I work with the homeless people and I look, I look at them and I wonder, were you that boy that I seen on the back of the, the milk carton? in 1985 when I was in kindergarten (laughs) I seriously do and then I I look at women and I think I wonder if that woman if that girl if that female right there is one of those girls in the pictures at Walmart (laughs) I really do Uh, okay so it says human trafficking occurs when a trafficker exploits an individual with force fraud or coercion to make them perform commercial sex or work como Sex trafficking is defined by the Trafficking Victims Protection Act of 2000 as the recruitment, harboring, transportation, provision, obtaining, prioritizing, hold on, there's more, (laughs) patronizing, excuse me, not prioritizing, patronizing or soliciting of a person for the purpose of a commercial sex act. 
It involves the use of force, fraud, or coercion to make an adult engage in commercial sexual acts. However, any commercial sexual activity with a minor, even without force, fraud, or coercion, is considered trafficking. Understanding the shared risk and protective factors for violence can help us prevent trafficking from happening in the first place. You see, it is of utmost importance that we reach our children first. Whether you're an auntie or an uncle, man, if you have the mindset of a warrior, man, do it. Reach out to them, kids. Reach out to the little ones, man. The tiny tots are the ones that matter, you guys. You and I, we are living our lives and we are doing the best we can. But for those kids to be able to instill in them a knowledge of dangers, a knowledge of risks, a knowledge of of harm, like anything that can harm them. Let them know what is there before they encounter it. Let them know that monsters don't hide under the bed, but they come looking like auntie and uncle. They come in the form of people. Monsters aren't what you see in the cartoons, like on Monsters, Inc. Those aren't monsters. Those are characters. What is a real monster? A monster is those that can cause harm to anybody anybody period anyways um i have a few more minutes here before i got to get going and i've taken up an hour of your time and i thank you for listening today and i thank you for the suggestions that have come across um you guys know where to find me you know i'll be here so keep on okay so what are the risks okay so let's see Okay, women and girls, well, men and boys are also impacted. Child abuse and neglect, intimate partner, violent sexual act. Okay. Okay, so victims include all races, ethnicities, sexual orientation, genders, identities, citizens, non-citizens, and income levels. They are trapped and controlled through assault, threats, false promises, perceived sense of protection, isolation, shaming, and debt. Aha! Okay, so say that uh, a man gives you drugs, right? He knows you're a crackhead. He knows you're a method. He knows you're a fucking, uh, over here we call them tecatos. He knows you're a heroin addict, right? He knows you like that stuff. So... He going to keep on giving it to you and giving it to you until you work up such a debt that you can't pay it back. And then you're going to have to pay the piper. <laughs> and then you're going to have to pay the piper because why? He's going to come back and he's going to say, well, what about you know, I gave you I gave you a fucking gram the other day. I gave you a gram and and I didn't you know, you didn't have to ever pay me back. And now you're going to have to pay me back for no fucking other reason than that it's time to pay the piper. And you say, okay, well, don't beat me. Don't hit me. Don't hit me. I don't have any way of paying you. What can I do? 
oh well you can um you can get on your knees and suck a dick but it isn't going to be mine i have a i have somebody lined up for you and you're going to go with that gentleman and it starts like that um it is a manipulation of addiction they know your drug of choice so they are going to manipulate you because why they know that you love that shit and if you can't pay them back you're gonna have to suck a dick to do it and on top of it don't forget that they gave you a place to stay they gave you all of this shit and I gotta get going I got five minutes left on my pod and I am babbling so anyways you and I, getting back to the reasons why I wanted to <coughs> talk about this, was that you and I as elders have the responsibility of reaching out to our youngest, most precious uh, resource, and that is our children, the tiny tots, man. And, and I'm not saying the tiny tots who dance because the tiny tots who dance have a good road to walk. But the ones that are forgotten about, the ones that do not go to the powwow, the ones that do not go to ceremony, those are the ones that we have to reach. The ones that do not go to ceremony. We need to reach those ones before their ceremony becomes the act of addiction or the act of sexual violence or violence, period, or gangbanging. We have to remind them that that is not the way of the Native American, but that is an American oppressor thing. (laughs) So signing off, you are listening to Iggy TMI with Iggy. And of course, I talk about things in a way that's, whoa, too much information. (laughs) We love you. We care about you. Um, And we need you here in present, man, so that we can help our youth, regardless their race, color, or creed, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, let's stick together. Tell each other you love you when you see each other. Give each other hugs to remember that physical contact is what reassures us that we have friends. I love you guys. Have a good day. Enjoy your weekend. Peace. Good morning. Good morning. It's Iggy. How are y'all doing today? It is Saturday, June 26th, 2021. And today, we are talking about suicide, suicide prevention, and attempted suicide. Um, This is for anybody who has had to deal with these things and a loved one, a friend, anybody, anybody you consider a loved one. Um, so, um, I'm talking to my Native Americans here, all my Nijis and my Nijiques, put your ears on. (sighs) First of all, let me open with a moment of silence for those who suffer in silence.
Miigwech. So my name is Makut. Um, I am from the Leech Lake Reservation, Chacha Bani. Uh, my band is Pillager. Um, <clears throat> I am 42 summers old. And when I was a young mother of two children, I attempted suicide. And it wasn't really serious now that I think about it. Um, it was more of a, I don't know what to do. You know, and I popped all these pills and it was just ridiculous that I did so. Even as I thought about it, even as I was in the motion. But uh, home life... Home life was hectic and I was far away from my birthplace and I was lonesome and I didn't couldn't connect with anybody because being part Native American and part Chicano in either world you it's very hard to connect with anybody uh, and amongst other things you know so anyways um I was looking around today um, at some, uh, what do they call them, resources, uh, as we like to call them, um, and I came across, um, let me see, what is this one called? It's called the Suicide Prevention Resource Center, and it's Suicidal Thoughts and Suicide Attempt, or Attempts. Um, here they have a prevention lifeline, a suicide prevention lifeline. That's 1-800-273-8255 for anybody who feels like they can't reach out to family. And I feel fucked up for um, even trying to give you guys like links and resources, knowing that, um, knowing the situation economically on the reservations, you know. Uh, and it tears me apart. You know, I can give you this link to this resource or I can give you this phone number to this resource, but if you don't have a phone or a computer or a web access, then then how the fuck you gonna reach out? You know? So, um, my daughter attempted suicide twice within the last three months, I believe. I have not been able to talk to her. Like, like, I don't know how to ask her why. Um, I don't know how to ask her to open up to me. Uh, my lover committed suicide about a year ago. It would be a year ago at the beginning of June. So he committed suicide. He hung himself on a tree. Not only was he my lover, but he was my friend, longtime friend. Uh, you know, it was from the same hometown and, um, ultimately drinking and drinking and drugs, uh, got him ill physically and his, his, uh, he ended it early. He didn't want to feel himself die, I guess, so slowly, even though he had been killing himself slowly for the last what, how old was he? 52 for the last 40 years. <laughs> that man was drinking alcohol and doing drugs from the time he was able to, I guess. I don't know. 
anyhow, moving on. It's no laughing matter, but I do have to laugh at it because um, with every, gotta take a grain of salt with, with every fucking thing that comes to life. And I guess laughter should be the best salt, you know, it should be some of that, uh, that pink salt, <laughs> that Himalayan rock salt. <laughs> that's, that's the grain of salt I take it with. Oh dear. But anyways, so let's see, I'm going to be reading off of this. Um, I'm going to be reading off of this, uh, page that I found for us today, uh, that suicide prevention resource center. And, um, on my page, I want to go through this like the way I'm doing it now, as if we are together, <laughs> as if we are together live and in person, checking shit out. Okay, so here it has a diagram, like a little try, like like a pyramid, a pyramid diagram, so to speak. And uh, so at the top of the pyramid, it's a blue pyramid. It goes from uh, black to light blue from top to bottom. So here it says, um, suicide deaths, 48,344 includes adult and youth. That's the top of the, that's the top of the pyramid. Okay. So for 18 plus it's 443,000 adults hospitalized overnight or longer for suicide attempt. Mm. And then 717,000 adults receive medical attention for suicide attempt and as a self-report 1,400 no 1,442,000 adults reported suicide attempts now I don't know how old this information is um but it's up there now let me see it says the source was from the CDC 2020 and the SAMHSA 2019 so Many more people attempt suicide than die by suicide. And I'm part of that number. Like I said, I was, uh, I was feeling as if, uh, like, fuck it, man. <laughs> Who knows what I was feeling? It was so long ago when I tried it. And it was such a fucking, it was such a feeble attempt. You know what I mean? I was trying to like, I don't know what the fuck I was trying to do. But I didn't even want to die. I was just like, man, you know what? You hate me that much. Let me see. I guess maybe now that I talk about it, maybe it was that. But anyways, um, moving on. Okay, so let me see. Suicide Prevention Resource Center. Spick. Serio? Spurk. Not spick. Excuse me. We in the past year, suicidal thoughts, plans, and attempts among adults 18 years of age and older in the United States. Okay, this is a 2018 report. So I'm kind of reading off some old shit here. But it was updated uh, as the same. Okay, so let's see. Uh-oh. Wow. Okay, so they got a lot of graphs here on this thing. And that's cool because we're not, you know, can't. Wow. Okay, so dig this. Um, you know, it's just a resource center, so I'm not, I can't get too mad that it's not perfect. Okay, so in the past year, and this is in the United States in 2017, among high school youth by sex, okay, so, uh, seriously considered suicide. Um, 
a little over 10% in males. And wow, man, in females, it's over 20% that seriously considered it. Those who made a plan, um, it was about 9% in uh, young high school males and about 15% in the female aspect. Now, this is in America. I mean, you know, I had... This is in America, like in America, not Native America. And in Native America, um, the reported rates range from 0 to 150 per 100,000 members of the population. Now, I really honestly don't know if uh, we as Native, America, Native Americans number in the hundreds of thousands. I really don't know how many of us are left. And I hate to think that there's less than 100,000 Native Americans in the United States. 100,000 Native Americans in a population of how many millions or billions of people in the United States? That's fucking sad right there. So anyways, um, so it says reported rates range from 0 to 150 per 100,000 members of the population for different groups. Native American men are more likely to commit suicide than Native American women, but Native American women show a higher prevalence of suicidal behaviors. <clears throat> so, prevalence, huh? Okay, hang on. Let me find us. Let me find us a definition of the word prevalence. Give me a second to look this shit up. So, man, don't I have like a dictionary in here? Prevalence. Okie dokie. So, prevalence is the number. Hold on, hold on, hold on before I go on. Okay, so prevalence. Okay, so it says, how do you define prevalence? Prevalence is sometimes referred to prevalence rate. It's the proportion of persons in a population who have a particular disease or attribute at a specified point in time over a, specific, a specified period of time. That doesn't... Okay, let me see some examples. Oops, what did I do? Okay, so I should have really just got my dictionary. Okay, so it says the prevalence of type 2 diabetes... Okay, anyways, fuck that. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Let me get out of here. Okay, so... The suicide rate on the Indian reservations. Okay, so National American Indian and let me see. The NICOA uh the US suicide rate is up. 33% since 1999, but for American Indian and Alaskan Native women and men, 
the increase is even greater, 139% and 71% respectively, according to an analysis from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention's National Care for Health Statistics. Uh, again, it goes, Native communities experience higher rates of suicide compared to all other race or ethnic groups. And they say this, I believe, because our, our numbers as Native Americans is so small in comparison to other races that live in the United States that our numbers will always be higher because our population as people, as a race, as a nation, is smaller than any other group in the United States. I don't give a fuck if they say this race is the minority, this race is the minority, or this race is the minority. In all truth, uh, Native Americans are a minority solely based on the numbers that we hold as a people. <sighs> you know, we... <laughs> Yeah, so, and I hate, uh, I laugh more out of, <laughs> out of exasperation than anything, um, because, you know, um, I'm not angry, but I am saddened that uh, the large protesters and all of that, um, everybody's protesting for a change, right? But everybody's protesting as one race, as individual races, which is just bullshit. Bullshit, man. Moving on. Um, so, compared to all other racial and ethnic groups in the United States, with suicide being the eighth leading cause of death for American Indians and Alaskan Natives across all ages. For Native youth ages 10 to 24, suicide is the second leading cause of death. That's the second leading cause of death for our children ages 10 to 24. Who in the world at 10 years old decides to commit suicide and why? I can, I can, I, I see why and I don't live on the reservation. You know what I mean? From an outsider's, from an outsider looking in, I can see why Native American youth at the age of 10 would, con would consider and commit suicide. It's a sad, it's a terrible thing. And I don't want to be the naysayer. I don't want to be the devil's advocate and be like, hey man, it's, it's what, uh, it's the manifest destiny working. <laughs> it's their manifest destiny taking, taking its due course. You know, I hate that shit. Um, but we as a people, I myself included because my daughter who lives on the Native American reservation <sighs> committed suicide. Not committed suicide. She attempted suicide. And that was a wake-up call for me. Um, and not even a wake-up call. It jostled me. It, it stirred feelings. It um, revived. It revived memories that that I had had suppressed for so long. And, um, and even though I was already on the road to changing my life, this kind of like gave me like an extra push, like, like, you know how the wave comes and then another wave comes. That's the way I felt like, like this big old fucking wave just came over me and I decided to change my life. And then 
here comes my daughter's attempted suicide. And it was like, nope, and pushed me back down under the water. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like I was coming up for air. And it was like, sploosh. And it just pushed me back down, <laughs> you know. Wasn't able to get my head above water because that big wave pushed me down with all its strength. <laughs> okay, so the Native American youth suicide rate is 2.5 times higher than the overall national average, making these rates the highest across all ethnic and racial groups. And again, that is because our numbers are so small. We are so... We are such a small group in this United States, you know, and it's kind of sad. It's very sad. <laughs> I am in a negative space. <laughs> I'm in a negative space. I keep having these negative thoughts run through my head like, um, okay, so let me, <laughs> let me clarify why I keep kind of laughing. Um. You know, the discovery of the mass graves of Native American children, excuse me, of Canadian Canadian Indians um, at the Catholic boarding schools, uh, the mass grave that they found with all of them, 215 children. Uh, it, it, um, I have to think along the lines of the Bible. You know what I mean? I have to think along the lines, of, like, I'm thinking along the lines of the Bible, like, I hear shit, you know, <laughs> I hear stuff, and right away, and it comes out sarcastically, almost like, fuck that Bible, <laughs> you know what I mean, fuck that book, you know, that black book, didn't, books didn't even, <laughs> didn't even exist in, before Columbus and all of the pilgrims came from, you know, them fools were running from oppressors, and they came and they oppressed us. Sons of bitches with a Bible and shit. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry. So that is why I'm like in a really negative. I'm in a negative fucking mood about this shit. So anyways, let me see. So, um, what did I say? That? Anyways, I lost my train of thought, but there was a, there was a, there was a Bible verse that ran through my head just then. And I hate that. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. So, um, speaking on the, the Catholic schools and as, um, I wasn't raised Catholic. Uh, my grandmother wasn't devout Catholic, not the way, not the way my aunties and my uncles and my cousins are. Boy, I tell you them, them are devout Catholics. And I respect that because they are not the ones that hurt my Native American ancestors. They are not the ones who used um, the words of the Bible, who distorted the words of the Bible, who, who misconstrued the teachings of the Bible. You know, um, damn. It's a terrible thing when you look at it from an outsider's perspective. But and, and I'm trying not to be ignorant, you know what I mean? Like, I can't just be, but I do remember being the only Native, not the only, I was one of three Native American children inside an all Chicano school. And there was a handful of white people, and I think there was like one Mexican black. Uh, he was part Mexican and part black, and, um, and he spoke Spanish. 
um, you know, and was there any other black kids there? No, there was no black children in our school, just, just Pelon, you know. So, uh, when I think about it like that, I got teased and mainly from like, uh, my cousin, my cousin was always teasing me. Well, he was a little fat boy, but he could kiss my ass. <laughs> Because his kids are fat, too. <laughs> just kidding. So, anyways. Um, and his girlfriend left him. Or whatever. <laughs> so, But, yeah. I could remember being the only Native American in my classroom. And, um, and on top of it, my mama wasn't around. So, I had, like, two strikes against me. <laughs> and fuck that. Because I ain't going to get into that. So, anyways. Moving on. Um, so, it says here... American, oh, you ever hear that saying, and it's in the Bible, that which you have done to the least of these, so you have done to me. I would love to use that, I love to use that against that spirit of uh, hate, you know what I mean, like, they come with the Bible saying, kill the heathen save the man they had no idea what the fuck a heathen was you know what i mean them white people that came around that was running them perverts that fucking impregnated little girls and raped little men little 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 boys in the catholic schools and said it was for god and country or whatever the fuck you know i'm angry too guys i'm angry too i'm pissed off at how blind and ignorant people are to their very history of their own country, man. And then them other ones, woohoo, them extremists, boy. Ah, that's terrible. Anyhow, American Indian and Alaskan Native women experience higher levels, and this is coming off of that same page um, from the NICOA, National Indian Council on Aging Inc. I like it, okay. When you get older, you guys can come over here and check it out. <laughs> I wonder. Okay, so National American, a National Indian Council on Aging. And that's weird. I wonder if it did. Okay, so then American Indian and Alaskan Native women experience higher levels of violence than any other women in the U.S. And nearly 80, 84% of these women experience like, uh, violence in their lifetime you know what it's funny that they say like 84 percent experienced this i don't i don't think that number is correct man um if you have lived where i lived <laughs> you know um you will know for sure that probably the majority of women and i and i would say 100 percent of the women on native american reservations have felt some sort of violence, you know. So, in a 2016 report from the National Institute of Justice, that's where that was coming from. Okay, so then it says, according to the National Sexual Violence Resource Center, American Indian and Alaskan Natives also experience PTSD more than twice as often as the general population. Of course we do. And it's not because we have had uh, wartime traumatic experience it is because our we have learned it is a learned uh behavior 
It is a learned behavior, just like sexual abuse is a learned behavior. Uh, verbal abuse is a learned behavior. Because why we as children, we live what we learn, or we learn what we live, más bien, we learn what we live. So say you and I are brothers and sisters and mom and dad are drinking and constantly fighting and uncle comes in and touches on us and he ain't even our uncle. But since everybody calls everybody uncle and auntie, it gives them that it gives that pervert. Uh, it gives them a doorway to enter in. You know what I mean? So anyways, you get these. You get this learned trauma behavior. It's, it's learned. You know what I mean? Okay, so say the survivors of the Catholic schools, the survivors of the residential Catholic schools, which they took the children and forced them in to learn the Bible and to learn the way of the American white. Um that is traumatizing so say great grandma come back from the residential boarding school of the native american children or the catholic jesuits or whoever it was that put them up there in the first fucking place um and father father pervy and sister sicko decide to fucking have you in have you uh play sexual positions with one or the other or maybe even a friend you know there was some perverted shit going on in them fucking places man and it needs to be addressed i'm sorry if i'm getting a little too no i'm not sorry it needs to be said and i know you guys feel me so anyways grandma comes back grandpa comes back and and he no longer knows how to fish knows how no longer how to hunt with his bow he no longer knows how to set a trap or a or a line he only knows what they teach him at the boarding school and what they did to him at the boarding school or to her at the boarding school and they they reenact it they reenact it there as they grow on the reservation and so it is passed down the trauma that he experienced or that she experienced in those boarding schools, the Catholic boarding schools for Native American children, that perversion, that sickness, that uh, deviation of humanity um, comes with them. And before you know it, he passes it or she passes it on. And before you know it, our minds, our hearts, our thoughts are jumbled. And on top of it, we're angry and acting out. And so that's how, that's how uh, learned behaviors happen. That's how the learned PTSD happens. It's because it is passed down from generation to generation, just like, uh, just like, um, like diabetes or, and that too is also something that came along with them in their bread. You know, it's kind of like, cancer it's a cancer it is passed down from one generation to the next and maybe it might skip a generation but this type of cancer is not isn't going to skip no generation unless you and i do something about it <clears throat> excuse me
So I always think about that when I when I hear about the when I think about the trauma and the shit that happened to my great great grandmother or my grandmother because my grandmother, my mom's mom, was a survivor of the Catholic boarding school. And she told me of one experience, I guess, that kept in her mind. But um, and it wasn't it wasn't trauma. It, it, it was it was traumatic for her as a child because how old was she when she went to that boarding school? And did her own parents send her off because they were at the boarding school? Like you know what I mean? Ugh, God, I hate this. And so. So moving on, okay, so uh, research shows more than a third of women who have been raped have contemplated suicide and 13% have attempted. You know, I even hate reading these things. (laughs) I even hate reading these things (laughs) because it just just seems to make me mad. Um, Okay, so here's something cool. It says, in a partnership with the National Council of Urban Indian Health, the Action Alliance's American Indian Alaskan Native Task Force put forward a resolution passed by the National Congress of American Indians in 2015. Oh, man, this is some old stuff. I couldn't find anything better. Um, Actually, let me go back to the CDC watch. Um... Yo, okay, so did this in USA Today, um, 20, okay, so this is 6-21-2019, suicide rate for Native American women up, up 139%. Como chingados, I don't understand how they work those numbers. I suppose if I were to work the numbers, I'd figure it out, but, and I'm not going to read from there. So, so with all of this stuff going on, and with all of this information that we have, Like I said, I feel like a shit because I'm going to give you this and it's really can't, you know, like it really, if if somebody can't get to a phone, if somebody can't get to a computer during their time of crisis, it ain't going to happen. You know, it isn't going to happen. Um, let me see if I can find the CDC. Okay, so fast facts from the CDC. Okay. Uh, suicide prevention. Okay, so it says suicide is a leading cause of death, and I believe that's overall, because I'm no longer talking about mm, just Native Americans, right? It says, uh... Okay, so risks and protective factors. Okay, a combination of situations could lead somebody to consider suicide. Risk factors increase the possibility of suicide, but they might not be a direct cause. Mm -hmm. So a risk factor in an individual, uh, a previous suicide attempt, um, mental illness like depression, social isolation, 
social isolation, man. If you don't have nobody to talk to, yeah, see, because, and that's what I'm saying when that I feel like a shit that I can give you these resources. But if you're way the fuck back on the res where there's no fucking water, no fucking power lines, wherever you are on a reservation where the resources are little to none except for the natural resources that you have around you how the fuck you gonna get to some place that's gonna keep you from committing suicide you know how the fuck you gonna get to a phone you know and this is where our people are at a loss and this is where i fucking have to throw that biblical thing out there that which you have done to the least of these so you have done to me and supposedly that is a direct quote from jesus You know, so then motherfuckers come in here and fucking rape and pillage our women and our children and fucking do whatever it was that they did to them on the boarding schools. The man, they was doing that to Jesus himself. And I hope they fucking know that if that's the way they believe, if they love their Jesus so much, then they need to fucking hold their clergymen and their higher ups and their spiritual leaders, their religious leaders. They need to hold them in accountability because it looks to me that the church is the only thing that is never held accountable for anything that they do child perverts get held accountable rapists get held accountable murderers get held accountable police people in political offices get held accountable but the motherfuckers that are in the church preaching jesus and god them motherfuckers never get held accountable for a single fucking thing that they do and yet we give money to them sons of bitches so why that they can give to the poor you sick fucks i'm so angry like y'all don't even know anyways moving on criminal problems financial problems impulsive or aggressive tendencies job problems or loss job problems is the number one thing do you realize that my child who lives okay I remember driving from Thief River Falls to Panema, and that is a 94-mile trip one way. My daughter goes to work in Thief River Falls every day, and she rides the fucking shuttle. 94 miles one way to get to work and back. Now, as regular Americans who commute, would you be able to commute a 94-mile fucking <laughs> commute to work one way? For a job that pays eight fifty an hour, you know, one way. So if what is it? What's ninety four and ninety four? Let's see. That's eight nine and nine. That's eighteen. That's that's almost a two hundred mile round trip every fucking day to earn a paycheck. That has got to be. That has got to take a toll on your body, your mind. Job equality in this country only happens if you are in an urban area. It doesn't happen if you're way back in the swamp, man. It doesn't happen if you're way back in the lake or way back on the woods, you know what I mean? That is another thing that will cause somebody to die because why? Your babies want, your babies need shoes. Your babies need milk. And then another thing, how far is it to the fucking Walmart on the fucking Indian reservation? How far is it from the res to the fucking Walmart? 
Is there even a Walmart or is it a mom and pop shop that has jacked up prices just because gas has gone up and they have to pay more so that they can get their groceries to their store so that they can make a living as well. Uh, so we have all of these factors that tie in to our plight. And not just as Native Americans, but poverty, people who are at a disadvantage <sighs> geologically, financially, all of these things, legal problems, serious illnesses, substance abuse disorder. Hell <sighs> yeah, but that shit can come onto the fucking reservation, huh? That shit can come out there, huh? All them drugs, that fentanyl, that gator, all of that bullshit. Fucking bullshit shit come up onto the res, but a job, but a job can't be put up on a res. They can't put a motherfucking McDonald's on the res. Why? I don't know. Moving on. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just, I, I am passionate about this, man. I see our struggles as Native Americans, man. And I see we still are being ignored as Native Americans. <sighs> it's all black and white, man. If you ain't black, if you ain't white, it don't matter. So, adverse childhood experiences such as abuse and neglect. Okay? Now, this is where I feel that myself as, uh, as a mother... Uh, as a sister, as an auntie, as a teacher. I feel that we need to reach our youngest children before, before they get the taste of the bitterness that, that life can serve, you know, before they get a taste of that harsh reality. You know what I mean? Because they already are living as a harsh reality, man. They're born to an alcoholic mother. They were born drunk. They were born addicted. You know what I mean? Um, and then on top of it, they got to go home and live it as an infant, you know, in their, and, and I remember this. I remember this. I remember, I remember this. I remember taking care of my, my youngest, my youngest of my sister brother's that were left with me because I was the one in the family that didn't drink. I remember taking care of 20 little children at one time. Babies from two months old to children as old as 12 and 13 years old. At once, on any given night, that, that if anybody was partying, oh man, leave the kids with Nas, she don't drink. Hey man, bring them over here, it's fine. Our feeble attempt to keep our children away from the destruction that alcohol causes but at least we did it but at least we did it right and at least now we have come to our senses and we are making changes and positive changes regardless of how small they are so the adverse childhood experiences such as bullying family history of suicide relationship problems such as breakup violence or loss and sexual violence so, over here, the adverse childhood experience. It says, and this is from the CDC.gov violence prevention. Okay? 
Um, so it says here, adverse childhood experiences have a tremendous impact on future violence, victimization, and prepper, prep, perpetration, perpetration. I'm going to have to look that one up. <laughs> a lifelong health and opportunity working together. We can help create neighborhoods and communities in a world in which every child can thrive. And that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is the key to us changing our futures. And they have been telling this to us since we were children, that we are the future. You know, I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. You know the song. <laughs> you know the song. We all sing it. Shoot, you know. And so, so learn more about all of this shit. Because why? It is good for us as elders. It is good for us as elders. Even if you're a drunken elder, man. <laughs> if you're a drunken elder, you still can instill a hope in a child. Just by simply saying, baby, don't be like me. This shit is no good. Take it from the horse's mouth. Take it from somebody who knows. You think that just because you're drunk and addicted that you cannot have an impact on a child's life? Yes, you can. You can have an impact on a child's life negatively and positively regardless of how you are or what you used to be like. Because why ch children crave that attention, especially in a world that doesn't pay attention to children, you know? So, and that's for us as elders, you know? Um, you can learn more about preventing adverse childhood experiences in your community by assuring safe, stable, nurturing relationship and environments. Um, and... Hey, whenever you get the opportunity that a child approaches you, and that is a beautiful thing, when a child approaches you with a question, that child is honoring you as an elder. You know what I mean? And, and sure, you can approach that little child, you know, and be like, how you doing, kid? You know, what are you doing, buddy? You know, that beautiful interaction between an elder and a child. And it is detrimental to a child's development, especially in that first precious three or four years of life. Because according to statistics and all of the stuff that people do nowadays to learn about the human condition, the first three or four years of life is the most precious and the most learning. You know what I mean? It's when you and I, as you and I learned everything we were going to learn in, in our life. During that time, like in those four years, determined how or who I was going to be. And I can get into that, but it is a big, it is a big, a big subject right there, you know, about culture and DNA, culture and DNA. Yes, ma'am. It is interesting to say the least. Okay, so moving on, I've been talking about 45 minutes here. I'm going to keep on talking, though, because my, um, because my heart is telling me to do so, 
I'm just looking for some more stuff because like I said, I'm going to read off of this page just because um, as you and I were here together in real life, in real time. So sexual violence. Okay, sex trafficking. Now, sex trafficking, I'm going to touch on sex trafficking because that relates to us as Native Americans. That we have been dealing with that for quite a long time. And you know what? It's fucked up. And I hate to say this, but the situation that is going on on the reservations makes sex trafficking look like a fucking walk in the park, doesn't it? <laughs> like, I remember I went to, I had gone to Red Bee uh, as a visitor to the, um, what is it, to the center. There was a, uh, at the Red Bee Center, there was doing a, this thing on sex trafficking awareness, right? And they showed, they showed a clip of this little girl who had been rescued from sex trafficking and she was telling people what it was like. And I thought, you know what? That is a temptation for a native child who only knows the devastation of the reservation, who only knows the violence of the reservation. They say, shit, man, that man's gonna give me what so I could do what? Hey, moth, so-and-so does that to me, and then he beats me up afterwards. Shit, if this dude's going to give me a present for doing the same shit that that dude does to me, it almost looks like a way out. It almost looks like a fucking way out. You know what I mean? And on top of it, sex work, prostitution, prostitution is what it is. Okay, let's just call it what it is. Prostitution is the world's oldest profession. Mary Magdalene was Jesus's whore, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's out of hand. But Mary Magdalene, who was Jesus's friend, well, she was a prostitute. That's why Jesus saved her, because she was getting stoned to death by the Pharisees, because she was a whore, because she was a prostitute, right? So, like I said, um, prostitution is in the Bible. Sex trafficking, sex slaves. Hey, man, slavery is nothing new to the world either. Slavery is nothing new to the world, man. It's nothing new. The only reason it seems so magnified is because they put a Bible twist on it. You know what I mean? Or they put, you know, they, they, they had to throw God in there somehow as if it was God's fucking will that one man fucking overpower the next man by sodomizing him. You know what I mean? That shit too, that sodomy and shit like that, that was a slave runner's, that was the way they used to make the slaves, that was dominance. It was a thing of dominance. You know what I mean? They would sodomize the male slaves just so that they would know that they're, that they're going to get it if they don't behave. Seriously. Uh, it's a sad thing to say. And it's a sad truth about our wonderful nation. It is a sad truth about this nation that we live in. That it, ha it has such perverse and... It, it, it has such a perverse fucking history, man, that, that it almost makes you disgusted to be a part of this nation, you know? And, like, fuck, you guys did this to how many other races? You don't call ourselves the fucking United States of America when America is a Spanish name? What? 
you guys are fucked up <laughs> moving on um so all right so let's say sex trafficking okay so here's the prevention let's see sex trafficking okay did you happened coronavirus what the hell happened to my thing man go back Okay, so sex trafficking. Here it says, sex trafficking is a type of human trafficking. It's slavery. I don't know why the fuck they call it trafficking. We're not drugs. <laughs> Although I do have some pretty good loving that it might be considered a drug. Hey, I joke. So anyways, okay, so sex trafficking is a type of human trafficking and is a form of modern day slavery. Just call it what it is, man. It's fucking slavery. It is a serious public health problem that negatively affects the well-being of individuals, families, and communities. You know, have you ever thought about the children that you used to see on the back of milk cartons when you were a kid? Whatever happened to them? I work with the homeless people and I look, I look at them and I wonder, were you that boy that I seen on the back of the, the milk carton? in 1985 when I was in kindergarten <laughs> I seriously do and then I, I look at women and I think I wonder if that woman if that girl if that female right there is one of those girls in the pictures at Walmart <laughs> I really do uh, okay so it says human trafficking occurs when a trafficker exploits an individual with force fraud or coercion to make them perform commercial sex or work como Sex trafficking is defined by the Trafficking Victims Protection Act of 2000 as the recruitment, harboring, transportation, provision, obtaining, prioritizing, hold on, there's more, <laughs> patronizing, excuse me, not prioritizing, patronizing or soliciting of a person for the purpose of a commercial sex act. It involves the use of force, fraud, or coercion to make an adult engage in commercial sexual acts. However, any commercial sexual activity with a minor, even without force, fraud, or coercion, is considered trafficking. Understanding the shared risk and protective factors for violence can help us prevent trafficking from happening in the first place. You see, it is of utmost importance that we reach our children first. Whether you're an auntie or an uncle, man, if you have the mindset of a warrior, man, do it. Reach out to them kids. Reach out to the little ones, man. The tiny tots are the ones that matters, you guys. You and I, we are living our lives and we are doing the best we can. But for those kids to be able to instill in them a knowledge of dangers, a knowledge of risks, a knowledge of, of harm, like anything that can harm them. Let them know what is there before they encounter it. Let them know that monsters don't hide under the bed, but they come looking like auntie and uncle. They come in the form of people. Monsters aren't what you see in the cartoons like on monsters inc those aren't monsters 
Those are characters. What is a real monster? A monster is those that can cause harm to anybody. To anybody. Period. Anyways, um, I have a few more minutes here before I got to get going. And I've taken up an hour of your time. And I thank you for listening today. And I thank you for the suggestions that have come across. Um, you guys know where to find me. You know, I'll be here. So, keep on. Okay, so what are the risks? Okay, so let's see. Okay. <clears throat> Women and girls, well, men and boys are also impacted. Child abuse and neglect. Intimate partner, violent sexual act. Okay. Okay, so victims include all races, ethnicities, sexual orientation, genders, identities, citizens, non-citizens, and income levels. They are trapped and controlled through assault, threats, false promises, perceived sense of protection, isolation, shaming, and debt. Aha! Okay, so say that a, a man gives you drugs, right? He knows you're a crackhead. He knows you're a method. He knows you're a fucking... Uh, over here, we call them tecatos. He knows you're a heroin addict, right? He knows you like that stuff. So, he gonna keep on giving it to you and giving it to you until you work up such a debt that you can't pay it back and then you're gonna have to pay the piper. <laughs> and then you're gonna have to pay the piper because why? He's gonna come back and he's gonna say, well, what about... You know, I gave you... I gave you a fucking gram the other day. I gave you a gram and, and I didn't, you know, you didn't have to ever pay me back. And now you're going to have to pay me back. For no fucking other reason than that it's time to pay the piper. And you say, okay, well, don't beat me. Don't hit me. Don't hit me. I don't have any way of paying you. What can I do? Oh, well, you can um you can get on your knees and suck a dick, but it isn't going to be mine. I have a I have somebody lined up for you and you're going to go with that gentleman and it starts like that. Um it is a manipulation of addiction. They know your drug of choice, so they are going to manipulate you because why? They know that you love that shit. And if you can't pay them back, you're going to have to suck a dick to do it. And on top of it, don't forget that they gave you a place to stay. They gave you all of this shit. And I got to get going. I got five minutes left on my pod and I am babbling. So anyways, you and I getting back to the reasons why I wanted to talk about this was that you and I as elders have the responsibility of reaching out to our youngest most precious uh resource and that is our children the tiny tots man and and I'm not saying the tiny tots who dance because the tiny tots who dance have a good road to walk, but the ones that are forgotten about, the ones that do not go to the powwow, the ones that do not go to ceremony, those are the ones that we have to reach, the ones that do not go to ceremony. 
You need to reach those ones before their ceremony becomes the act of addiction or the act of sexual violence or violence, period, or gangbanging. We have to remind them that that is not the way of the Native American, but that is an American oppressor thing. <laughs> so signing off, you are listening to Iggy TMI with Iggy. And of course, I talk about things in a way that's, whoa, too much information. <laughs> we love you. We care about you. Um, and we need you here in present, man, so that we can help our youth, regardless their race, color, or creed, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, let's stick together. Tell each other you love you when you see each other. Give each other hugs to remember that physical contact is what reassures us that we have friends. I love you guys. Have a good day. Enjoy your weekend. Peace.